0: welcome to the Rhodes church podcast we are so excited to connect with you we hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message amazing day to be back in church be back with our family in the in the building and again being able to support one another, Again, wherever you're watching from, whether it be watching online in your living room, we pray that God will connect with you in a powerful way. Is anybody excited to be back in the building today? Is anybody excited about that? If you're not back yet, that's okay. We love you. We miss you, and we can't wait to see you soon. You're welcome as soon as possible. A lot of things we've learned over this pandemic and how we're viewed church and how things go and... It's so different for me to sit here and actually not just talk to cameras, but actually have human beings and faces in the room. You don't know how much I have missed you all. If you are dear to my heart. I'll never take you for granted. Uh, just, you know, you got to, uh, we're so thankful. Can I also, can we give a big hand to our production team that's done such a great job over these 10 weeks? Come on camera people. because all of our e-roads family many of you that's where you were last week you've been watching online so thankful to people that have come in and made that possible you know had with cameras or whatever we've got a lot of changes have been taking place and now you see why because uh, we're wanting to keep reaching people it's not just people in the room anymore We're reaching people from all across the nation, all around the world. People that I didn't even know were watching have been connecting with us over this time. And so we just want to give Jesus all the praise. Our vision is to connect people with with Jesus from all roads of life, whether that's through a camera or whether it's right here in the room. If you can come physically to one of our locations, Mount Carmel, or here in North City, we'd love to have you. But a lot of changes. Right now this week we are spaced out every other row, but I want you to know that next week, so we've got people here, we've got you in the overflow room in Mount Carmel, we've got them spaced out a little bit, but next week we're going to be back to normal seating. So if you want to invite someone, tell them to come on back next week, we're going to have normal seating available for you. We're still working out how quickly we can do children's ministry, so be praying about that. If you'd like to help us be a part of our kids' crew. Uh, we're needing all hands on deck there to, to make that happen. So we're, we're praying into that and checking with our team and see who will be available. So I want to jump right into the message today. Here at, here at the roads. we believe that uh, every time we open the Bible, God has something to say to us. And I've been missing it. You know, there's not people in the room. We get excited whenever we open the Bible. And so you wonder, why do the people cheer every time we open the Bible? Because I want you to have this expectation that when you're reading the Bible, it's God talking to you. So whenever we say something about opening your Bibles, you're like, I get a chance to hear from God. So if you've got your Bibles, come on, Mount Carmel, North City, Overflow, get them out. Let's open them up to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Woo! Woo Yes! Yes! That sounds so much better with people in the room. So much better. We just completed an eight week series called We Will Overcome. And if you missed that, you can get online and check that out on our website, theroads.church, or on YouTube. But I wanna say a big shout out a couple of things. One, so thankful we had a huge victory for the church as a whole Uh, this last Thursday night when less than four hours before the deadline for Governor Pritzker to file his response to the U.S. Supreme Court to the emergency injunction request brought by the two Romanian churches in Chicago as as ordered by Justice Kavanaugh. The governor unilaterally removed all restrictions on churches and houses of worship. So can we give Jesus some praise for that? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We were coming, you know, as we announced a couple weeks ago, we were coming back to church anyway, but uh, we're thankful that God is moving in our state, moving. I I just wanted to encourage you this. I I was born and raised in Southern Illinois and I'm claiming Illinois for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I'm not dismissing it. I'm not throwing it to the side. I'm believing God for miraculous things to happen in our state. I ask you to pray with me. If you live here, if you live somewhere else, that's all right. Bless us from afar. You know, pray for us, extend a hand over the river or something, because we need prayer. But I'm believing God not only for our state, but right now I'm praying for our nation, that our nation needs Jesus. And we're gonna talk about that a little bit uh, in more detail, a lot of things going on in our country. Have you found 2 Corinthians chapter three? Today, the title of our message, we're gonna start a new series of talks called Living in Liberty. Living in Liberty. Today, we're specifically going to talk about the location of liberty, talk about living in liberty and in a specific location. So let's check it out here. Second Corinthians chapter three, I'm going to start reading verse seven. It says, but if the ministry of death, this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church, but if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, Which glory was passing away? Pay attention to this reading. And let's just scan through it. So the glory was on Moses' face, on his countenance, but it was passing away. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For the ministry of condemnation had glory. The ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect, Because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away is glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. Important to see that. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now here's my thesis statement for this message today. Verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is is liberty everybody say liberty Liberty. now where now the spirit the lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty but we all with unveiled face beholding as a mirror the glory of the lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the lord let's pray father i thank you for your spirit i thank you for your presence I just welcome you into this place. I welcome you into every home, every screen. Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit. I recognize and I declare that no one is here for me. That we are all collectively here for you. We are here for Jesus. We're here for your presence. Lord, I need you, I desire you. I pray that you bring life to this word. I pray that you will abide in this place. I pray that you will abide in every living room. Everyone watching, something is moving. Something's happening through their screen. They're feeling your presence even now. God, we look to you and we depend on you. You said if we lift you up, you'll draw everyone close to you. And so I just lift you up high, Jesus. You're the one worthy of praise. You're the one we magnify. We thank you for it, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. Somebody say a big Amen. 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 So I want to give you some context for what we just read. Here in the scripture, uh, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and he's comparing in these verses 7 through 18, he's comparing the, the glory of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, you know, like 10 commandments under the law and Moses, he's comparing that to the New Testament and the glory of the Spirit in Jesus so we have the Old Testament, the law, God gave that. It was from God. It's not man didn't generate that. God gave the Ten Commandments. God gave the law. He gave all that. So there was a glory on that under Moses. But then Jesus comes on the scene, and we have the law of the Spirit. The law of the Spirit and of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. So now we have the glory that comes on the New Testament, on the the presence of God, on the spirit of Christ. And so what he's doing here, he's saying, hey, the Old Testament with Moses had glory because when Moses would go into the presence of God, remember, he'd go into the church, into the tabernacle, into the, into the, the holy place. And when he would go before God, the Bible says that Moses and God would talk face to face like a friend. How many knows that'd be pretty cool to walk into a room with the presence of God there? And so he walks into the room and he spends time with God. And when he would get done spending time with God, here's what would happen as he would leave, his face would still be glowing from the presence of God. It's like he got charged up with the presence of God. And then as he would leave, but the Bible tells us it would start to fade away. Why would it start to fade away? Because God's presence was only in that room. So as long, as far as his manifest presence. So as long as he would stay in that room, let me, let me throw this out real quickly. There are three types of presence. When I talk about the presence of God, number one, there's omnipresence, which means he's everywhere all at the same time. Psalms 139 talks about if you would go to heaven, he's there. Even if you make your bed in hell, he's there. God is everywhere. That's omnipresence. He's everywhere at the same time. Only God can do that. Satan can't do that. Satan can't be everywhere at one time. He's not omnipresent. Satan and God are not equal. It's not God is good, he's king, Satan's evil, he's king of his domain, and they're going neck and neck against each other. No, no, no. God is creator. He created Satan. So it's God, Satan, just an angel okay he can't be everywhere so most of the time when you're de- well the devil's everywhere. probably not the devil anyway I'm going to get caught up on that but anyways <laughs> omnipresence omnipresence second part of presence of God is the indwelling presence Romans chapter 8 where the spirit of God dwells in you okay so there's presence everywhere there's presence in me which is personal God everywhere is God God in you is personal. God everywhere, just you can come into a church and God not be in you. You know all the adage they say, "You just because you're in a garage doesn't make you a car? Well, same thing, just because you're in a church doesn't mean the Spirit's in you. You can be with it. Now, the third part of the presence of God is the manifest presence of God. That's where he displays himself. It's like uh, the New Testament word for that would be like his glory. That's when he like shows up and manifests. So that one, the second one is personal. The third one, manifest presence of God, is functional. It's like God shows up to do something. So I'm talking about the presence of God. Moses would come into the actual presence of God the tangible manifest presence of God. And so he would go into that, he'd begin to glow. But when he'd walk away, it would start to fade away. So now, we think that's pretty cool. Like, man, if we could come into a room and be in the actual presence of God, Ark of Covenant, wouldn't that be awesome? But let me ask you this question. If that was great... He would get get into a certain location. You know, in verse seven, it says this, they couldn't look steadily at the face of Moses because the glory was on his face was passing away. He'd get into a location and the presence of God would begin to glow on him. It would have a visible effect on his life. So when he would get in that spot, in that location, the presence of God was there, all of a sudden it would have an effect on his life so people could see it. But that presence, that effect was vanishing, right? Right? Stay with me, I'm just building something because I want you to remember this part later. So when he got in a certain location, the presence had an effect on his life, but when he would get out of that location, the effect of that presence waned. You track it so far? Okay, so now look what happens. If the spirit on you in a specific location was glorious, Old Testament, how much more glorious would it be if the spirit be with you everywhere and not just in that location? How's that possible? Well, let's go. Let's turn. Today, if you will, is uh, Pentecost Sunday. We're celebrating Pentecost Sunday. Now, when I talk about Pentecost Sunday, I want you to understand a little bit about it. That's not a denominational holiday. I grew up, I thought that was Pentecost Sunday was for those people. Like, oh, it's like they're July 4th or something. I didn't know what happened. I didn't know. It's like someday that their denomination was formed. But Pentecost Sunday is the day that the church was formed. Go to Acts chapter one, Acts chapter one. I want you to see this. Pentecost Sunday is not for a specific denomination. It is for the New Testament church, capital C church, everybody. It's it's not just one group of people, it's everybody. Jesus did not form a denomination. He formed a family, he formed a body. He came to, to give birth to a body so now let's look at what happened remember the presence of God was on Moses in a location whenever he'd leave that location then all of a sudden the presence would leave Acts chapter 1 they're assembled together with the, or Sorry, and being assembled together with them he being Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father which he said you have heard from me for John truly baptized with water but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now now notice what he says Pentecost Sunday, Pentecost, Pinta means 50, Coste means to count or to number. So Pentecost literally means this, 50 days after Passover. That's what it means. So Passover is what we celebrate around Easter. So count 50 days from that, seven weeks, 49 days, and then the 50th day, that is Pentecost. So this is what's happening. He's saying, I want you to celebrate that. And it's a feast that they celebrate. There's three major ones. There's Passover, there's Pentecost, and there's Feast of Tabernacles, Day of, uh, Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, all that's in the fall. I don't want to get caught up teaching on that, but it's really, really cool. But we can talk about that later. So here's what he says. Wait for the promise of the Father, because John baptized with water under repentance. Jesus is talking. He says, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now so then they come together and they ask say Lord are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel at this time thinking you know is this when you're going to take over and, and, and uh, run Rome out is this where you're going to set up your earthly kingdom and he's like no stop thinking earthly I'm not ready for that look in verse 7 he says it's not for you to know the times and seasons it's not about that right now but here's what you can focus on don't get ahead of yourselves here's what's going to happen verse 8 but you shall receive power everybody say power that word power is dunamis. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Power. What happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you? He says you shall receive power. That is miraculous power, ability, might, force to perform an activity or a function. I like to say it this way, supernatural enablement. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you in your life as a believer, the Holy Spirit brings supernatural enablement, supernatural power. And someone might be saying, Well, I, I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those Pentecostal people. I'm not one of those charismatic people. I'm just one of these. And you name a denomination. We are not defined by a denomination. We're not defined by charismatic or Pentecostal. We're defined by the Bible. Jesus wants to bring something into your life. And he said, I want to give you the Holy Spirit because when you get the Holy Spirit, you get power. You get supernatural enablement. Who doesn't want that in their life? Well, I'm not one of those. Well, who doesn't need God? Who doesn't need the power of God? Don't be limited by what somebody says, well, we don't do that. Well, the Bible says you can do that. The Bible says he has that for you. He wants to give you something that's more than you. Having the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than somebody else. Having the Holy Spirit makes me better than me. Gives me an enablement, gives me power, gives me ability that I don't have on my own. But when I have the Holy Spirit, stay focused, stay focused. So now the Holy Spirit would come upon, or, or, the, or Moses would get in his presence. So how do we do that? How, how can we say that the presence on Moses in a certain location was glorious, but how can we make it where it's even more glorious, when it actually gets in us? He said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So now, now go back to John. Turn a little bit to John chapter 20. Go, turn to the left there in your Bible. John chapter 20, look at verse 19. I want you to see what was happening. When Jesus was talking to these disciples in, the, in this room, here's what they were doing. This is after he died and after he rose from the dead. John chapter 20, verse 19. Are you there? You ready? It says, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut. Pay attention to what's happening here. The doors were shut where the disciples were assembled. Why were the doors shut where they were assembled? For fear of the Jews. So they were afraid. They're huddled up in this room because they're scared. They don't know what's going to happen. Jesus, the guy they were looking to, the guy they served, he just got crucified. If they're going to kill him, what are they going to do to us? Right? So they're scared out of their mind. They don't know what's going to happen. They're on quarantine. They're on lockdown. They can't meet. They're hiding out. That wouldn't ever happen in our time, would it? (laughs) Selah. But look what happens. So they're afraid. And Jesus came and stood in the midst and he said, peace be with you. They're hiding out. They're afraid. Jesus comes and stands in the midst of them and says, peace be with you. Be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Now they were glad. They were afraid. Now they're glad. What happened? How did they go from afraid to glad? His presence came in the room. When he showed up with them, he said, peace be with you. How was peace with you? Because he was with them. When he was with them in the boat, what happened to the storm? peace. They're afraid. They're locked up in this room. They're afraid, but Jesus comes and stands and he says, peace be with you because he is physically with them. Okay. But now after this, he ascends into heaven. So there's some, there's a disparate, there's a distance between when Jesus is with them, they'll feel peace, they feel power, but when he's not there, then they actually go back to the upper room, and they're hiding out in the room again. 120 people in Acts chapter 1. So here's the this, here's the connection that God wants to make. He wants us to go from being with him to him being in us. There's one thing for us to be with God, but there's another thing for us to be for him to be in us. Look in, in, uh, when Jesus was in the room, let me say it this way, peace was with them. They were with peace, but peace was not in them. You can be with peace and peace not be in you. You can be this, you can be, the plan of heaven was not for God to merely be with us, but to be in us. The plan of heaven was never for us to be with each each other, be with his presence only in a building. His plan was to be in us so that everywhere we went, his presence goes with us. Moses went into a room, experienced the presence of God, but then when he left, the presence of God stayed there and it began to wane off of him. That's not what God wanted to do in the New Testament. In the New Testament, he said, I want you to get filled with my presence so that everywhere you go, I go with you. That's how the New Testament after Pentecost was more glorious than the Old Testament because we don't have to come into a church just to experience the presence of God as we've experienced over the last 10 weeks, 11 weeks, 12 weeks. I thought the other day, it's been three months since I've preached live to a group of people because the last service we had, Paul Martini was here right before quarantine started. So it's been three months Preaching to these cameras. I'm thankful for the cameras. I'm thankful for our E-Roads family. But I'm glad to have people in the room too. But I want you to understand this. God doesn't want you to come into a room and feel better in a room and then leave and not feel the same way you felt in here. God wants you, and this this is what I'm talking about, the location of liberty. God doesn't want you to just be with him. He wants to be in you. He wants to be in you. And I believe his desire today is to fill you with his presence. That you're not just in his presence today, but I want you to be filled with it. So let's look at the difference. Look what he says here in John chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus was saying, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he will abide with you forever. Abide with you. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be Come on, let's try it again. He dwells with you and will be. This is different than Moses. What Moses had was glorious. Going into the tabernacle, the presence of God, talking with face to face, all that had to be the best. But your Bible says that the Old Testament prophets longed to see the day that we live in right now where the Spirit of God is not limited to a room, but he dwells in us. Don't have to come in and just have him here and then I go out and the spirit stays here in the auditorium, in the sanctuary, in the church, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't stay here. We can be filled with the presence of God. Then when you go into your school, go into your job, you don't understand my job. Well, bring the presence of God with you. Amen. Amen. I haven't mean, got a lot of amens. Left. You can still type them in below. We still love you. John 14, 25, Jesus was saying this, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Verse 27, pay attention here. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Now hang on. Jesus walks into the room, they're afraid. He stands in the midst of them and he says, peace be with you because he was with him but he says of the Holy Spirit my peace I leave I'm gonna leave it I'm gonna leave it with you my peace I give to you not like the world not like the world gives don't let your heart be troubled and don't let it be afraid why because you're filled with something when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, the peace of God, then now we can look at things that are happening in the world around us and we can look at them with, through different lenses and be filled with peace when everyone else is filled with fear. Heart filled with anxiety, heart filled with issues, heart filled with, with being overwhelmed with what's happening around him. He said, peace be with you, but now I want peace to be in you. is his goal in our, heart, in our life. Now let's go back to John or Acts chapter 2. Instead of peace being with us, now he wants peace to be in us. How's that going to happen? Pentecost Sunday, Acts chapter 2. Are you ready? You ready to receive? Did you come ready to receive today? Okay, okay, Jesus is ready. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, we're celebrating that today. They were all with one accord in one place. Let's stop there. They're in an the upper room, they're in a room of a house, a room of a house. You all have been in your house having church. They were just in a house church. It encourages me that this, the power of God can move in your house. they were all in one place, but notice what it says, they're gathered in one, in one home, but they were all in one accord in one place. One accord in one place. 120 people, according to Acts chapter one, tells us we're in this upper room it wasn't just the original disciples 120 people men and women all in this room 120 one accord one accord in one place one accord in one place one accord in one place as I was reading that one accord in one place he said where there is unity there is liberty Liberty happened in that room because there was unity. Now, you can't tell me that 120 people agreed on everything. When it says they were all in one place and one accord, that doesn't mean that they agreed on everything. That doesn't mean that they agreed on every social situation. Doesn't mean they agreed on every civics issue. Doesn't mean that they voted the same. Sometimes we, we allow, see what the enemy does, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he has come in our society right now to create division. And we've got to release unity. We've got to release peace. What's happening, what's happening around our country with, with Mr. Floyd and the tragic death and his life and the other situation that's happening, we need to bring unity. We need to release peace in the earth. The Bible tells us in Psalm 133 that where, the, where we gather together in unity, there God commands the blessing. So I just pray today on Pentecost Sunday that there's going to be a release of unity over the United States of America. We don't have to agree on everything, but we need to agree on one thing. We need to agree on Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the hope for the world. We don't have to agree on everything, but we have to agree on one thing, one heart, one accord. Jesus is the answer. Well, I don't agree with you on that issue. That's all right. Do you agree that Jesus is the answer? Unity. We're all divided. Well, I can't agree with you because I don't agree with seven out of, the five th- out of the ten things that you're standing for right now. That's okay. The three that we agree on. Let's agree on Jesus. Unity, unity, unity. Notice what happens. They got in unity, and then suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them and they were all filled with the holy spirit how many people were filled with the holy spirit all all, all according to the previous chapter is 120 people men and women all filled with the holy spirit they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. A lot of things that we could teach on in this passage of Scripture, but the thing that I'm gonna focus on this morning is talking about the presence. They went from being with Jesus, Jesus is gone, but the Holy Spirit came, and now the Holy Spirit began to fill each of them filled in them. Now Holy Spirit not with you anymore. Holy Spirit in you. This is what we need as we remember and honor the the Feast of Pentecost. You and I, we need the Holy Spirit not just with us, but we need him in us. You need to be filled. Well, I'm I'm not one of those. I don't believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus said we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Who doesn't want God dwelling on the inside of them? Receive the Holy Spirit. In Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 10, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Saul and it said that he prophesied and was turned into another man. Pentecost was not just for certain types of churches. Pentecost is for every person who needs to be filled with the presence of God. Now, it's not location when I get where God is, then now I can experience liberty. Now it's God in me everywhere I go. I walk in liberty. Now, let me show you this. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and let's close with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Remember our context, talking about living in liberty. When Moses would get where God was, the glory came on his life. What I'm praying for today is that the Holy Spirit is going to fill this room. Fill your living room. Fill Mount Carmel location there. Fill the overflow room. My prayer is, and I've been praying this all week, and I believe that. I said, God, I'm not going to hype anything. I'm not going to pretend anything. I'm just going to pray, and you're going to fill the room. So if you're ready for it, you want God to fill you? Do you need God to fill you? Here's what happens whenever he fills you. Look in, in verse 15. Sorry, 16. Nevertheless, when one turns To the Lord, turns to the Lord. Some people watch me right now, listening to me, you need to turn to the Lord. You've tried other scenarios, you've tried other things, you've tried other things to bring happiness, bring peace into your life. You need to turn to the Lord. The veil is taken away. Verse 17 Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. What is liberty? Let me give this to you so you know what's going to happen there. Liberty, a state of freedom, unrestrained, free from internal or external control or domination, unhindered, state of freedom, unrestrained, free from internal and external control, domination, unhindered, freedom, freedom, freedom. Now let's read it again. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there in that place is liberty. Liberty. I got it get. That's all right. Where the spirit of the Lord is, where the spirit of the Lord, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Wherever we allow the spirit of the Lord to come into our life, He brings liberty. He brings freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there in that place. I'm going to experience liberty. I'm going to experience freedom. I'm going to be unhindered. Chains are going to be broken off my life. Addictions are going to be broken off. Attitudes, habits are going to be broken. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So here's what I believe. Whenever Whenever Jesus came to the room, he said, peace be with you. But then he said, my peace, I'm leaving with you. And then in Acts chapter 2 on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and filled all of them in the room. Remember, what were the disciples before this? They were hiding because they're afraid of the Jews. After the Holy Spirit comes and fills them, what do they do? They come out of the, out of the upper room and Peter preaches to the Jews that he was afraid of and tells them the ones that, that he was afraid of, now he's preaching to, saying, You guys killed the Messiah. You killed Jesus. Repent. Every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus. What he was afraid of, even when he was with Jesus, he was still afraid. But what he was afraid of, once he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he started preaching to the thing he was afraid of. What does that mean? What does that mean? When we get filled with the Holy Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, when he comes into areas of our life, what we were afraid of, we'll begin to preach to